Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, Birds Down Under fans, and welcome to the Tom and Kiwi Glenn postgame show. I'm your host, Tom, and here's Kiwi Glenn. Hello, hello. What a great night. Yeah, we just finished the game, so uh, Glenn and I had to work today, so there was no watching the game live, but that's okay. We've just watched our victorious Eagles uh, hand the Buccaneers a pretty pretty um, significant defeat. What do you think? I, I think when you start the season, stats... Uh, set themselves up all over again and then you play two games and you try and see some trends and you can't really spot them after two games so now we're starting to see how we actually play for the year and so today was really comforting for me to see that we have a game we have a game plan we have throwing we have a passing game we have an exceptional run game our special teams did well so all around we seem to be coming into place which was uh which was lovely yeah, I mean, I'll say um, to take a little bit of the rose out of the rose-colored glasses there, I think Jalen Hurts definitely still not Jalen Hurts. I mean, two interceptions, you know, inaccurate throws at times. What was he, 0 for 6 in the red zone throwing? Um, so, I mean, that's still a concern. But, you know, the Bucks have a good defense, and it was raining, you know, for a portion of the game. But, you know, those are excuses. But um, let's do this, Glenn. Let's, let's go through the players that caught our eye through the game. We'll start with uh, a couple of offensive players. So I'll give you the layup, the easy one. Um, you know, who who's the first offensive player that caught your eye, Glenn? <laughs> are, are we are we talking uh, someone quite fast, maybe even quite swift? <laughs> um, DeAndre Swift, that was amazing. I don't know what his his stats were for the game, but full credit to the offensive line. When you you see it from his point of view, there's just holes created, but. To, to Swift, his acceleration and then missing a few, getting a few players to miss on the way through, that was impressive. Even even the plays that weren't that obvious, he's still got five yards, which is what he needs to do. Yeah, DeAndre Swift is a significant upgrade at running back. Now, how long can he stay healthy? That's the big question for you, to DeAndre Swift. I mean, there's, not, there's never been a question about his ability, but it's his ability to stay on the field that's the issue. Um, but he is dynamic, man. Like, he is a game-breaker. And 125 yards rushing um, or 130 yards rushing after 175 yards last week. The, the One of the amazing things in that game was the footage of his dad. So he, his dad runs a gym in Philadelphia. Again, he's from Philly. And his dad looks like, like a professional power lifter. I mean, have you ever seen anything like it? He's one of the, his triceps. I, I've never seen triceps that big. Yeah. The, the moves he was doing and the speed he was doing. And I don't know what age he would be, but that's impressive. Yeah, don't get in a fight with DeAndre Swift's dad. Just yeah. that's our hot tip of the night. If that's the one thing you take from this podcast, that's not the guy to fight. Yeah. Like DeAndre Swift, compared to his dad, looks like a child. <laughs> My God. Okay, so totally agree. DeAndre Swift, like exceptional. I'll go with the second one. Um gonna go to the special teams, actually. Britton Covey. Yeah. Um, our sometimes maligned punt returner. Britton had a 52-yard punt return tonight. Um, looked sprightly the whole time. Um, just uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Britton? Well, for a guy who we used to cringe whenever the ball was being kicked to him because we knew he was going to get absolutely pummeled. So for him to come out tonight and have people miss him and get positive yards, and there was a couple where he caught it right at the end and had the comfort, uh, confidence to run it back, although on that play he only got 19 yards, so it would have been better if he left it. But he, he's, he's, he played really well tonight, and I don't know if we've said that before. 
Yeah, no, he was he was awesome. And the last offensive player I think really deserves a shout out is AJ Brown. So our star receiver last game um, definitely didn't get the looks or the, the the throws his way that he wanted. Was quite upset. It was actually fairly well publicized that he had him and Jalen Hurts had words on the sideline um, tonight. He had 125 yards, similar kind of output to uh, DeAndre Swift. But you know, what were your thoughts on AJ? So I think AJ did exceptionally well. Uh, he the the yards after the catch and making people miss tackles that was so evident in uh in this play so the amount of times he was just making people look stupid the um towards the end uh Pitts Jr who was trying to mark him and that matchup looked like even though Pitts was close to the camera he was still half the size so i think perspective was working the wrong way around there but um, yeah, he, he made a lot of people look a little bit silly tonight. So fantastic. He did. Now, full fairness to the Buccaneers that they were missing Carlton Davis, their star cornerback. And I think, in fact, the second string cornerback got hurt in the game. So I think we're talking about, you know, third string corners against uh, potentially A.J. Brown, which is not a good matchup for them. And, you know, last week, you know, the Eagles had backups against, you know, Justin Jefferson from the Vikings. And we saw what happened there. So, you know, I think we need to take these things in context. But I thought A.J. Brown looked great tonight. Cool. Can we have a shout out to Goddard and Smith as well, who also did some solid catching and running? So there's my shout out. Yeah, and Goddard looked a little bit more like the Goddard we've known to love um, over the last few years. He just uh, got a few more looks tonight, uh, made the most of his catches. Still, though, I feel like we could get him downfield a little bit more. But Jalen, again, he's just not hitting those intermediate routes the way we'd like him to. Um, let's transition to the defense and I feel like, um, every week the same names come up, but let's, let's start with Jalen Carter. My God, um, for a rookie playing his third game, the guy is just a menace. Like he's, he's causing fumbles. He had a half sack. He takes on double teams. I mean, he's just relentless out there. What are your thoughts on Jalen Carter? Uh, what was that play towards the end where he basically had two guys trying to hold him back? He was double teamed, but he pushed them both back it, to cause that touchback. It, it, was, it was exceptional, his strength, just the way he gets his body in position and moves forward. So, yeah, that, uh, Tom was uh, schooling me on how we draft for uh, defensive linemen and uh, how we keep that skill position up. And, yeah, that's an added strength to an already strong front. Yeah, so Jalen Carter, that play, the safety play that you're referring to, um, both him and Jordan Davis took on two blockers each and absolutely like just smashed their blockers back into the end zone. Um, but yeah, Jalen Carter, and, and here's a little bit of um, you know putting putting context to what the Eagles have invested in their defensive line. They have the following first round picks. These these are the guys drafted by them. So um, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, Derek Barnett. Okay, all drafted by them. First round picks. Hassan Reddick drafted by the Cardinals, also a first-round pick. And then you've got Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. That's seven first-round picks on the defensive line. That's obscene, okay? And that doesn't even take into account someone like Josh Sweat, who was a fourth-round pick, Milton Williams, a third-round pick. Fletcher Cox, where's he coming yeah, I mentioned Fletcher. He was uh, he was Mississippi State uh, first round pick in 2013. So like seven first round picks. So the Eagles invest heavily there and they never want it to not be a strength. And I think this is what you see is like when you consistently invest high picks in defensive tackle, defensive end, um, you have depth and you have talent. And, you know, what we're seeing is running games just like Jordan Davis literally looks like a polar bear in the middle of the field. Like <laughs> he just is absolutely crushing the inside running game. It's incredible. Um, can I throw out a question for you? Yes, you can. 
So last week in the podcast that you did with Alpney, you were commenting on the Cowboys and you said that they were privileged to wear their jersey, that they were privileged to play on the team and you thought that maybe that made them a bit uh, sort of prima donnas or something. You, that was a kind of, and I, I, It just made me think of the New Zealand All Blacks who have the same philosophy where they were, uh, they're privileged to wear their jersey. They have to give their jersey back in a better position than it was given to them. So I, I kind of, um, I don't know if you remember what you said. If you don't, this makes it very difficult to talk about. But um, yeah, you had a, had a thought on the Cowboys uh, who were uh, a little bit, after they got sort of destroyed, they were, um, you thought that maybe they were a bit too uh, privileged, I think was your comment. Yeah, no, no. So um, what Glenn's referring to is my comment about Micah Parsons saying, you know, he owed so much to Jerry Jones, That's the right. owner. I don't think they're prima donnas, like, um, and they did have a tough loss against the Cardinals. Um, but I watched that game, like, it was as if the refs wanted to call every single penalty, like, that the Cowboys committed. Now, there were some pretty obvious ones you have to call, but they had 13 penalties. They had so many things go wrong for them. Um, but, no, where I, where, um, where I believe there's stuff going on with the Cowboys is Jerry Jones, the owner, loves to have players believe that they're lucky to be Cowboys and that he's done them a solid, you know, and so, hey, they should take a hometown discount when their contract comes up, and... He does a great job of getting in their heads that they're lucky to be there. And I think that psychological effect, um, you know, it, it, I think it, it certainly when it comes to contracts, I think Jerry wants the hometown discount because, you know, he wants to be in people's heads that they're lucky to be a cowboy. But I definitely don't think they're prima donnas. I think they're a very, very tough team who had a tough loss this week. And the, the cowboys will be there to the bitter end. So, yeah, if, if that was how people took that comment, definitely not construed as prima donnas by any stretch. I just think Jerry Jones likes to play head games with his players. I think that's probably me adding in words to try and remember a point that I only half heard properly in the first place. So thank you for explaining that, Tom. That makes perfect sense. Can I ask you another question? Mm -hmm. The long passing game from Jalen, what do we need to do to make that work? Jalen just looks out of sorts, and I feel like Brian Johnson... Like there's there's easy stuff in the passing game we don't do a ton of. We very rarely throw to running backs. We had a couple of passes tonight, one to DeAndre Swift and one to Kenny Gainwell that stood out because there were, I want to say screen passes. I'm not exactly sure what the context was for why they got thrown. But there's a lot of kind of easier rhythm passing game stuff that I feel like our new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, is not really calling. Now, in fairness, Shane Steichen didn't throw a lot to the running backs last year either. But it's quite evident that Jalen's not in sync right now and he needs stuff to get him into a rhythm and I would just like Brian Johnson to think okay where can I get him easy completions because yeah he's just laboring he's missing kind of easy throws there was one tonight to Jack Stoll where you know yeah. off the mark almost got intercepted so uh, as far as the deep passing game goes yeah there's just something off I don't know if he's hurt or you know he's just starting rusty but um, yeah I, I, I don't see anything now um, one thing I did comment the last game is we don't send a lot of players into patterns. Like you never see us with four wide receivers on the field at the same time. Part of that right now is, um, you know, Kez Watkins is injured. So actually Olamide, uh, Olamide Zacchaeus is somebody we should talk about tonight because yes. that's number 13, our new receiver. We came over from the Atlanta Falcons, Philadelphia native, also played at St. Joseph's Prep, which is where DeAndre Swift played. Um, had a couple of big catches tonight and a touchdown. It and was nice. To, a touchdown. Yeah, nice to see him contributing. But I think there are times where Brian Johnson needs to put more receivers into deeper patterns to give Jalen Hurts more things to throw to.
Yeah, uh, and maybe that's a game plan. You can't do everything if we're focusing on the run game and you want two tight ends in there so that you can have blockers and, and assisting with the run game. You sacrifice people down the field. So it's probably not a fair question to say, why aren't they doing it more? It's probably more the question of, uh, you know, what are they prioritizing instead? So We are playing a lot of 12 personnel right now, which is two tight ends. And you're right, the running game is, is clicking so well right now. And to your point, like, you know... Um, DeAndre Swift wasn't touched so frequently while he's hitting these holes. The yeah. offensive line did a great job tonight. Hopefully Landon Dickerson's not hurt because he certainly went out of the game in the fourth quarter. Um, so hopefully not too badly hurt. Um, but, you know, th that's a guy who has a really bad injury track record going back to college. So hopefully he is okay. Um, another name I would love to hear your comments on is Reed Blankenship, our safety. I thought he played a hell of a game tonight. What were your thoughts? I mean, that interception he got early, that was so well read. When you see the replay and you know what's going to happen and you're just watching him and then he reads it, he covers a third of the field laterally to get to that interception. And that, that, was, that was fantastic reading. He was quite physical in the plays as well, although uh, so didn't let anyone get past. But yeah, quite physical and getting people down. So I don't know if he's coming into a stride now, but he certainly stood out tonight. Well, he, you know, we really missed him last week. I mean, him, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox all out last week. Um, you know, I think we really saw what effect that had on the defense. And he's just a steady presence back there, which is just crazy to think he's not started that many games. He's a second-year undrafted free agent that we picked up last year from Middle Tennessee State. He's just, he's really solidified that safety position for us. And it was really notable tonight, just uh, what effect he had on the defense. Can I ask you, so NFC East, we are 3-0 and and our competitors are not. Any, any early predictions on where we're going to end up there? That's right. So Cowboys are 2-1, and one. Giants are 1-2, and two. Redskins, sorry, Commanders are 2-1. and one. They lost pretty handily to the Buffalo Bills. So um, all of the NFC East lost this weekend other than us. Um, I still look at Dallas. I think they're a very, very tough matchup for us. Um, I, you know, we may be three and right now, but you know, that could, that could disappear quickly. We've got a stretch coming up. We play the commanders next week. Then we have a couple of reasonably tough road games. Like, uh, I want to say the, uh, Rams, but then we play the dolphins. The dolphins scored 70 points. Almost broke an NFL record, which they could have beaten, but they knelt, they knelt down rather than scoring 73 points in a game. So we've got some tough games coming up. And again, the Cowboys will be there to the bitter end. They did suffer a really uh, tough injury. They lost their star cornerback, Trevon Diggs, this, uh, this week on Thursday to a knee injury in practice, which is really... That's a really crap outcome for them and, uh, you know, a big blow. And I'd be gutted if, I, if we lost Darius Slay or James Bradbury to, uh, to injury in, in practice as well. Actually, and while we're on James Bradbury, tonight was back from his concussion he suffered a couple weeks ago and was playing in the slot. So this is now how we're going to make up for Avante Maddox not on the field is Bradbury's going to play that slot corner spot. Um, and Josh Job played a lot of outside corner tonight. And I thought for the most part played pretty well. Yeah, he did. There's a couple of players that got past him where he wasn't quite on the mark, um, but he did. He did play quite well. And um, do you think he's going to be a regular fixture coming forward? Yeah, I think he's going to have to be. I mean, again, with with Maddox out, I don't think we have much of a choice. I think Job's got to step up and play that perimeter corner. Um, and you know, I just I do get a little nervous if we lose Darius Slayer, James Bradbury for any extended period of time. We're going to be relying on a lot of young, inexperienced players and. You know, when I watch that Cowboys secondary, they have so much incredible depth. Um, 
at safety and corner, uh, and it's pretty enviable. Like I think they're able to sustain the loss of Trevon Diggs much better than the Eagles would, uh, you know, if we lost Darius Slay, for example. Uh, now, we can't finish this podcast without mentioning our offensive line and our, our, our man, Jordan Mailata. Uh, comments on the offensive line. I, 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 the linemen, I, I, I thought they were very solid all evening, but we haven't mentioned them. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, do you? Yeah, I, I think the, the offensive line absolutely played um, an admirable game. I mean, Jalen did get hit a few times. Um, and actually some pressure up the middle. I, I saw Kel- Kelsey get bested by that defensive tackle. I, I think his name was Gaines from the Bucks, who seemed really tough, like brawler type guy in the middle there. But yeah, I think they played another strong game against uh, our running game is clicking so much right now that you, you have to give them a, a ton of credit there. So, and our boy Jordan, I didn't see anything glaring to suggest he didn't play well. I don't know if he's going to get the pro football focus top offensive tackle grade of the you know the last 13 years again two weeks in a row yeah I, I don't know if that was the case but you know i felt like they as a unit played well but again i'm a little nervous that landon dickerson um could be hurt so hopefully it's nothing too serious yeah and kenny gamewell played quite well as the other player i wanted to mention when uh, he had time in the field so uh not not as outstanding um, as Swift, but he, uh, t- yeah, t- for the time he got in the field, he did he did quite well. Yeah, Kenny, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of depth at running back right now. I mean, Rashad Penny standing on the sidelines looking bored. He didn't get in at all, and he's a good player. And Boston Scott's out with a concussion right now. So, you know, we have a lot of talent at running back. But <sighs> do you really want to take DeAndre Swift off the field? Um, you know, for two reasons. Number one, he's he's producing every time he's on there. And number two, his dad, if he gets angry, you're going to have to deal with him. And that he, he looks like Clubber Lang from back in the Rocky series for anybody old enough to appreciate that that drop. So would you want to mess with Clubber Lang, i.e. Mr. T? No, because that's what DeAndre Swift's dad looks like, right? Am yeah. I wrong? Yeah, yeah. he's almost bigger. Yeah, oh, he is bigger. Yeah. He, he's probably shorter, but bigger in yeah. muscle. Yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, look it up. My God, man, he is a unit. He's like when you get the TV resolution incorrect, and then when people are standing up, and they just look, yeah. So, hey, next weekend, we play the Commanders at home. Uh, Commanders coming off a massive loss to the Bills, so they're going to be pissed. The Commanders beat us last year, so lest we forget, we had that really frustrating game. I want to say it was in Washington, where we had Kez Watkins fumble. Um, Dallas Goddard got hurt with that brutal face mask that they didn't call, and he fumbled. Um, Jalen didn't play well that game. So the, the commanders are a tough out for us. You know, those NFC East games are always dogfights. And so none of those games can ever be taken for granted. Both teams know each other so well. So always a tough game. Um, and Sam Howell, their, their quarterback, you know, had a really rough outing against the Bills, but I fully expect him to bounce back next week. So uh, big game. And Glenn, absolute pleasure just getting back and watching a game with you this evening. But otherwise... Um, yeah, good stuff. Eagles three and zero. Let's not uh, let's not look that look too far past that. And, and the Buccaneers have had our number for a long time now. I think we've lost five straight to the Buccaneers. Something insane like that. And the last time we played them, uh, we got torched by them in the playoffs two years ago. So um, great to see us get back and, and beat Todd Bowles. Um, they're they're very savvy head coach slash defensive coordinator. Glenn, any other final uh, parting thoughts from you? No, uh, as at first, as you said, first game that you and I have watched together this year, just the two of us, and uh, romantic as ever around the same microphone, and happy to be back. It is. It's like Lady and the Tramp eating meatballs together. <laughs> it is so romantic. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Go Birds. Kiwi Glenn. Till next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs>